This is just a few questions, just a few questions from Chicago. I have Hermine Hartman on the line. She is the founder and publisher of Indigo. Hermine, I'm so happy you're here. Mark, you got to spell indigo. When you say, when people say indigo, they spell it with an I. And indigo is n d i g o dot com. Ex- uh, excellent. Now, now you can talk about I indigo. Just to no, say no, no. That you have to. I'm going to put that on the bottom of the podcast. I'm going to put the dot com and all that kind of stuff. Okay. And uh, on the bottom of the podcast, when they when they read it, I had uh, you could talk about your business. But let me ask this question: In the context of your publishing business, why should the average American care about all the changes in the media? The Internet, you know, radio, TV, newspapers. Why should we be concerned or even at least interested in the media and all the changes? So you should care because it is the source of information. It is where we get our information, be it political, be it economic, be it entertainment, be it cultural, whatever it is, it comes through a media lens. That's communications. That's why you should be concerned. And we have seen, you and I have lived through changes. Never, ever did I think we would see newspapers crumble, but we have seen newspapers kind of become dinosaurs and as a business just, you know, reinvent, revamp, um, add on, take away, reconsider, redo, rethink. We've seen that with newspapers. You're now looking at it with television. Where did Netflix come from? Where did Amazon Prime come from? Where did Apple TV come from? It used to be two, five, seven, and nine. And now you have another whole world of television. And it's great. It's it's high quality. It's uh it's you know, the the T V stations are still doing game shows and buffoonery. And you've got Netflix doing documentaries and um what a difference a station makes. The media, the news media, of course, you mentioned earlier, has changed. The radio business has, has changed. Uh, and, and the main thing, it seems like, you can speak to this better than I can, the, all the advertisement, not saying all, a lot of it has gone digital. It's gone digital. Did you see that in your business? Absolutely. Digital is where it's at. That's where the, uh, that's where the people are. Uh, social media, um, the Internet, Facebook. Twitter. I mean, you, you're looking at a president of the United States. How do we communicate? How does he communicate with us? He tweets all day long. Uh, that's huge. That is just gigantically huge. Social media. We see uh, a lot of this uh, misgivings, mishappenings with the police. Where is it coming from? It's not coming from a news station. It's coming from Facebook Live. So these are these these are very very important uh, entities. There is no this is my summation, Mark. There is no small media anymore. All media counts. There used to be divisions within media. If it was in the New York Times, it was gospel. If it was in the Tribune, it was absolute. Uh, if it was in the Washington Post, it was exact. Well, social media has changed that. Um, uh, we just saw George Floyd's lynching. You saw it live. You saw it with Facebook. You didn't see that through a TV station. I'm glad you mentioned. So it's very important. All of it is. All of it is very important, and it all ties. You see, media now. When I when I had I was my first media job. I was producer at CBS uh, Television. Some of the stuff that I see on television now. 
I just laughed because had I brought that to TV as a TV producer, I would have been fired ten times on quality, just on the quality of it. I'm glad you mentioned. And George. now it's the norm. Yeah, I glad that we that we can do like four or five shows on the on TV news. The, I'm glad Absolutely. you mentioned. We, uh, I'm glad you mentioned George Floyd earlier because uh, that's my other question. We, the protests have seen that most protests have seen to die down, and after the protests, which is pretty much over, will we see some real structural changes, Hermine Hartman, to this country? Some more fairness think, and equability. I think so. Uh, you have to remember, Mark, what moves change, what moves the country. So protest is step one towards the alert and the enlightenment of perhaps an issue. I think we have seen enough, no more, not taking it, insult, and you've got a white engagement, a white sensitivity, a white sensibility. I'm not so sure that we've had it as completely and as thoroughly as we have it now. And I think that will bring the change. You see the change. You see it coming. You see you see it with the Facebooks. I'm not talking about Facebook and the interaction. I'm talking about money. I'm talking about Netflix. Netflix just gave $100 million to black colleges, and now it's about to give $100 million to black businesses. We've not seen that before. You've seen commercials change. Dove. Have you, their commercials are just, their, their little social statements, really, on uh, inequalities and on uh, the mistreatment of, of black men uh, 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 with perception. So I think the change is coming. Uh, I don't think we're 100% there, but I think, we're, I think the sensitivity for the opportunity and the possibility is there. Now, to your point, do we stop marching? No, we don't. You keep moving forward, and I think you have to put the pressure on, but I think the alert has been given, the alarm bell wrong. Hermine Harmon, would you agree or disagree that some of these changes, of course, are due to the protests? I'm not going to, you know, we know that the protests are serious. But the, but, the, but, the, but the big businesses and advertisers, they understand the demographic changes of this country. They can see it much faster than anybody else can. And do you think that's part of the change in, in uh, some of these uh, institutions, if you will? You mean some of the advertising? Oh, yeah, definitely advertising. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's who leads. That's who leads it. That's where, you know, your earlier question was the media and how important it is. If you want to do something in the media, it's, you know, you, you, you go, the advertisers uh, lead it because that's who pays for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about before we get, before you get off the off the phone here. Uh, we have to talk about this Chicago drama and this, and these murders. Uh, do you think, Hermie Hartman, that we will finally over the next few years? It could take another ten. In some of mm. these murders and this drama and this crime that is that is mainly in the black community. Mark, I hope it's not ten years. Ten years is a long, long time. That's a full decade. It needs to stop now. It needs to stop now. We all have to be involved. This is all hands on deck. The mayor can't do it alone. The police department can't do it alone. This is a parenting issue. It's an educational issue. It's an economic issue. And I think we all have to stand up to it and look it in the face for what it is. Some of these communities are being terrorized. This is not bad boy, go bad. This is terrorism. 
And you deal with terrorism very differently than you do spanking a kid. And I think we have to say what it is. That's the first step is let's claim it for what it is. Let's call it as we see it. Let's call the shot. Okay? And then you call the shot. You got to stop the bleeding. Now, I'll tell you where I'm at. I think we need the National Guard in here. And every time I say that, I've said this before, every time I say bring in the National Guard, everybody goes, oh, no, you don't want to bring in the National Guard. What do you do with terrorism? Oh, they will they will shut down the community. Well, is that what you need to do? You cannot shoot three-year-old children in the car with their mothers. You can't shoot a 10-year-old kid sitting in grandmother's living room looking at TV in the head. That has to stop. That is terrorism. That is war. That's war-like behavior activity. So if we keep spanking hands and we keep coming up with sociological phenomenal excuses, we will probably keep getting what we're getting. When we talk about education, that's a long-term plan. When we talk about economic development, that's a long-term plan. you got to do something that stops it now. You got to stop it now. You know when you when you let me give you two examples. You know when you're raising a child, a baby, and you keep saying the stove is hot. Don't touch the stove. The stove will burn you. The stove is hot. Don't go near the stove. You can say that all day long. As soon as that baby touches that stove, what does he say? It's hot. <laughs> it's hot. And then they pull their hands off, and then it's you. You connect. It's like, oh, I got it. You told me not to touch the stove. You told me it was hot, but I didn't know what hot meant. You go to the doctor. You say, oh, oh, I say bring in the National Guard. Oh, no, you can't do that. That's that. When you go to the doctor, let's say you had a car accident and you're bleeding. You go to the hospital. The doctor wants to stop the bleeding. You want the doctor to stop. Then you can get into who was right, who was wrong, the weather condition, the light wasn't red, the light wasn't green. You can go back and backtrack and look at all of those elements that might have made the accident occur. But the immediate response is stop the bleeding. We got an epidemic in Chicago with this crime rate. This is not policemen shooting black people. This is black people shooting black people. And if you want to break it down demographically, you can. If you want to break it down to an area, you can. You have got to do something in those specifics, in those boundaries to stop it. We cannot have normal lifestyles disturbed. We are living in anxiety. We are living in fear. We are living day by day. You look at the news now to see what can I or cannot do tomorrow. We have killed socialization. We have we, we can't go with my friend to the restaurant and have dinner. I can't go to the bar and get a drink. I can't go to the club to pat my feet, to listen to the entertainment. I can't go to the concert. That has mental health implications. But we can't make excuses for it. We've got to deal with it. And killing is not the solution. 
And you can't keep coming up with the, oh, it's because they're poor. Well, it is because they're poor, but poverty don't make you shoot nobody. Uh, you won't poverty get no- don't make you kill. You can't go to church. No, you're not going to get no uh, argument out of me. And not at all. So all of these things play into each other. All of these things lead into each other. And it's not one solution. This is not, this is a very complex problem that we have. This is not a single solution. You, 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 okay, you've been in school, right? So you got a bad kid in school. What does the teacher do with the bad kid in school? You got a couple of choices. You either let that kid continue to be bad in school and disrupt the classroom and then I can't teach, or what do you do with that kid? You say, Johnny, you got to get out of here. You got to go home, bring your mama up to school so we can figure out what your problem is and we can solve it, but you are not going to disrupt all of the classroom. So you put him out. You put him out. You take him out. And we just keep... Oh, this problem. Oh, that problem. If these were white kids, John Cash wrote a wonderful uh, article today in the Chicago Tribune. And one of the things he said is if the babies were in Winnetka, what would Pisker do? You would probably call the National Guard. You're looking at a racial inequity. Blacks' lives matter. Well, do black babies' lives matter, too? Where's the march on that? Where's the protest on that? Where's the raise to hell on that? This is scary, Mark. Uh, This is scary. And every time we have a holiday weekend where people are festive and picnicking and out partying and out and about, the crime rate goes sky high. We spike in the crime rate. And people are beginning to, we cannot keep adjusting lifestyle adjustments to the crime. We've got to eradicate the crime. We've got your question earlier about do we see change. We don't need to see change. We need to see eradication. We keep changing race. When we talk about race relations, what we're really talking about is improvement. How much have we improved? That's management. That's the management of race relations. How far did the Negroes come? How many jobs do they have? How many internships do they have? How much money did I give? You want to eradicate racism. We don't want to manage it anymore. The change is to differ. The change is to make the difference where equity. Uh, Jim uh, Laurie, Dr. Laurie said something very profound towards the end of his life. And he said, justice is fine, and I've been fighting justice all my life. He said, but equity is better. That's a hell of a statement from a civil rights leader who's been fighting the fight for about 60 years. Remember that, Mark. Justice is fine. Equity is better. That's where we are. 